Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. There are some who are obsessed with the idea of an unidentified victim and an unsolved case. Today's story is one of those cases. On December 20th, 1976, the remains of an unknown woman were found in one of the most brutal ways possible. A woman who, despite great effort, remains unidentified. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On December 20th, 1976, a 14-year-old boy checking animal traps near the river made a grisly discovery near the Whitehaven borough of Carbon County, Pennsylvania. Lying near the bridge supports near the Lehigh River were the remains of an unknown woman. Now, the discovery of a dead body, especially by a child, is horrific enough. But in Beth Doe's case, it seems like the person who attempted to dispose of her placed pieces of her into three different suitcases that were then tossed off the bridge in hopes that she would sink into the river below. Instead, one landed on a frozen riverbank and the other two in the woods nearby, the impact breaking open two of them and spilling out her severed head, her torso, and a full-term fetus. The unopened case, when located, contained her arms and legs. Autopsies determined that the unknown woman, Beth Doe, was killed just 24 hours before the poor boy found her. She had been nine months pregnant when she was sexually assaulted, brutally raped, strangled to death, shot in the neck post-mortem, and dismembered haphazardly by a person who was traveling westbound when they unceremoniously tossed her off the side of the bridge. Some of her body parts were wrapped up in a New Jersey newspaper dated for September 26, 1976, while others were wrapped in a waterlogged bedspread and placed in the spray-painted black suitcases. Her nose, breasts, and ears have never been found. Despite the fact that the killer, who police believed was no stranger to the victim, worked very hard to make sure her face was disfigured, upon arrival at the hospital, Beth Doe was still mostly recognizable. The three-hour autopsy held on December 23rd determined that she was a white woman in her late 20s or early 20s, was about 4 foot 11 to 5 foot 4, 
weighed 140 to 150 pounds, and had beautiful, natural, shoulder-length, dark brown hair. Her body contained a distinctive two- to six-inch scar above one of her heels and two moles on her face, which they determined she may have developed during her pregnancy. She also had the letters WSR and numbers four or five, followed by four or seven, written in pen on her left palm. Despite having previous dental care, Beth Doe had not been to a dentist in quite some time, suffering from severe tooth decay and a fracture that would have likely caused her a great deal of pain. All of this, in addition to her fingerprints, were recorded, and police had pretty high hopes that someone in their system would come up as a match for their Beth Doe. However, to this day, Beth Doe's identity remains a complete mystery. Missing persons reports from all over the U.S. and Canada were compared to Beth's details, none of which came up as a match. And the same happened when the DNA was inserted into the national database. Years passed, Beth Doe was laid to rest, but many remained perplexed by her lack of identity. So in 2007, a group of state police decided to exhume Beth's body, buried in 1983 with her unborn baby. So additional samples could be taken along with a new updated facial reconstruction that was then sent off to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Two days after her exhumation, samples in hand and ready, Beth Doe was reburied in a metal coffin in a service attended by 20 people and local religious leaders who gave her a final send-off. Beth's samples were sent off to the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification in Fort Worth, where scientists there had developed a DNA profile that was sent off to all the necessary databases, where families of missing people submit samples to help create their own DNA profile. While many have been ruled out, which is helpful to the investigation, no identity has come from this exhumation. About 10 years after the new samples were taken, 40 years after her body was found, isotope testing was done on her hair, teeth, and bones, and found that she had been living in the U.S. for just about the last 5 to 10 years before her death, likely in Tennessee or somewhere nearby while testing on her unborn baby girl, found out that she was gestated while living in the southeastern part of the country. With all of this new information, investigators were able to widen their net a bit and determine that Beth likely spent her childhood in Western or Central Europe before moving to the U.S. as a teenager, likely either Serbia or Croatia. Though the science is not exact, it did help police shift the investigation into a different area of search, and gave 12 new exclusions from the missing persons database. In December of 2019, police announced a possible connection between Beth Doe and a woman named Madeline Maggie Cruz, whose old friend contacted the police claiming she bore a striking resemblance with the reconstructions of Beth Doe's face. Maggie spent time in Massachusetts with a foster family, and around 1974, at the age of 16, she ran away to Terrytown with her foster sister who returned about a week later. A few years later, Maggie called a friend to ask for money, claiming she was pregnant and needed some help. She was never seen nor heard from ever again. While police grew excited over this potential new lead, the media released the story and asked for any information that may help confirm or deny this potential link. A news story that was read by Madeline Cruz, who confirmed she was alive and well. 
Despite this heartbreaking setback, Beth's story remains at the forefront of the minds of many. One in particular, a woman named Nancy Monahan from Pittsburgh, who would have been about the same age as Beth Doe, was so inspired by the case that she became a volunteer victim's advocate for the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, as well as the volunteer area director of the Doe Network, creator of a Pennsylvania missing persons website, and Facebook dedicated to Beth Doe's cold case. Because of people like her and the local police, Beth's case has never been forgotten. Investigators remain optimistic that, in a time of armchair detectives and ever-changing technology, Beth's identity will be found soon. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on December 21st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.